Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to episode 76 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And today we are going to uh, revisit uh, the uh, some payment uh, information that we provided about uh, the Eurolift and the ASC. So we want to go back and circle back and talk about that and correct some information that we gave out previously. And also we want to talk about, this is seminar week for us, so we're pretty excited about that. We are having our... Uh, annual Urology Advanced Coding and Reimbursement Seminar in Las Vegas on December 3rd and 4th. And uh, we want to go through the, the agenda. And also, we're repeating this seminar. We're having the Urology Advanced Coding and Reimbursement Seminar in New Orleans as well at the end of January. So we wanted to go through the agenda and talk about just a little bit about what we're covering in there because we're excited about the the topic. So Let's uh, let's dig in. Mark, do you want to share with us uh, the information about the Eurolift and the ASC? Yeah. So, um, so basically, this is uh, good news for everybody that owns an ambulatory surgical center. The um, uh, the original information we gave out on the free webinar about the relative to the summary of some of the impacts that were there um, included us stating that the Eurolift payment to the ambulatory surgical center was going to be decreasing for 2022. Um, and in fact, after we had a little more time to digest everything and get everything set up in the right way, um, we are happy to report to you that in fact, the, uh, that the payment to the ambulatory surgical center is not decreasing, um, but is essentially remaining flat, which means it's a 2% increase overall uh, relative to the the general lift that was given to the ambulatory surgical center fee schedule. So um, so we apologize uh, for that. We went a little bit fast in putting everything together and had a couple people pull some information from a couple of uh, different sheets um, as we went through that process. So um, so a little bit of good news um, after our summary review was such a dismal uh, summary and all that. And then the second thing is there are a few codes um, in the office setting that are going to actually go up um, even with the 3.71% decrease in the conversion factor. Most of these codes are, um, number one, not going up much. Um, above the 3.71% decrease, but, you know, making it in positive territory are not very much volume-wise, um, with two exceptions. The Cisto is going up slightly, not quite enough to offset the sequestration when it comes back in, but at least you'll be about break-even on the Cisto next year, even with the decrease in the conversion factor and the sequestration. And then second is the, uh, removal of the the stent in office um that did not go up nearly enough to offset the sequestration but it did, did go up enough to offset at least 
the conversion factor decrease. The other codes that are on the list are really uh, extremely low volume, and, and in the end, it was only about um, uh, 30 codes that did end up exceeding the decrease of the conversion factor. So uh, apologize for those uh, for that information, but uh, hopefully it's a relief to some of you that, um, that in the end, Medicare's uh, prediction of a 0% RVU impact is probably correct um, when you look at everything for Medicare. And those of you that own the ASC, um, because the in-office payment is dropping, um, you know, you might, uh, you, you can look at it at least that that payment is not dropping to the ASC, even though the professional fee um, and the in-office payment, or excuse me, the the in-office payment for that procedure is going down, even though the professional fee is staying eh, roughly the same. Do you anticipate any last-minute heroics like happened last year where something changed dramatically the 11th hour? So anything is possible, um, <laughs> and we've seen it year after year that uh, Congress tends to intervene because this isn't about urology. Um they, I don't see any last-minute heroics relative to the RVU changes. Um, those are extremely rare, but they could happen. But I would be shocked if we saw a, a, a flop on the conversion or the RVUs. Now, the conversion factor is much broader than urology. That 3.71% and the sequestration of minus two um, uh, impact all physicians and. Uh, there's plenty of squawk from the primary care side, and I think all physicians can, as a unit, get behind staving off that what amounts to a 5.71% decrease across the board next year. Those are two items that could be turned around at the last minute, and I think everybody hopes for it, um, but it it obviously will be a last-minute issue, and then, of course, we'll see what they do, um, if they do something, how they do it. Um, you know, are we headed down the same SGR pathway that we were in the past where uh, a conversion factor sequestration bump is borrowed from future revenue and we're headed down the, uh, next year it's going to be 8% drop or, you know, something along those lines. So um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Let's just say that. All right. Stay tuned. We will let you know if anything happens for sure. All and right. Scott, you'll post the other codes up on the website, that table I gave you, right? Yep. We'll get that posted up and we'll put that on the uh, episode page. So if you want to go to prsnetwork.com forward slash zero seven six for episode 76, we'll get that posted. So we'll get a link to that. So you can uh, look at those changes and uh, we'll get that up there. Okay. Switching gears. It's seminar week, which uh, is always a busy week for the for for us at PRS, and we're getting all putting all the last minute touches on our seminar, and uh, we wanted to go through the agenda and let you know just what we're going to be covering, so that if you actually want to join us in New Orleans, you still can sign up for that. I mean, there is a last minute sign up for Las Vegas if you can get there, but uh, but we wanted to go through and let you know what this year's seminar is the agenda is and and give you just a little bit more information on on the, the things we're covering so 
Mark, you want to walk us yeah. through? And we also want to hear from Ray, and he's always has a little uh, pearl of wisdom that he shares, and or at least some thoughts that that we all appreciate every seminar. So, well, we can start with Ray. Ray's gonna kind of kick off and do kind of a little bit of a retrospective of where medicine was 50 years ago compared to where it is today and and maybe what it'll be like in in five or ten years. I don't think we're going to try and project what medicine's going to look like in 50 years because, man, the changes between 71 and 21 were big enough. But, man, boy, with technology and everything that's going, I mean, we're, we're really talking, you know, that might that might be – you know, Gene Roddenberry material, <laughs> Star Trek. If we if we if we go out that far, so, but but it I, I you know reviewing some of the things with Ray, I think he's got some good things covered. Ray, do you want to comment a little bit about what you're thinking? Well, we, we it's going to be kind of a fun time because we're going to be talking about change, and we're going to take a look back at 50 years ago. The reason Mark mentioned 50 years. And 1971, what the practice of urology was like, both from a business standpoint and from a clinical standpoint. And then we're going to use that to take a look at what the changes have been in the last 50. And and Mark, you're wrong. We, we're going to predict that in another 50 years, why the physician will be the captain of uh, health track uh, starship. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens in between is going to be the fun part of the discussion. Yeah. All right. Well, that, so that'll be fun. I hope it'll be interesting to see whatever, because one of the best things about the seminar is it's not a one-way flow of information. We'll get some, it's really nice to, and it'll be great to be together. Um, a little bit. We're taking all COVID precautions as far as masks and and making sure that everybody's you know vaccinated and and uh, and and sanitized and all those things to uh, to try and figure out how we live with this continually evolving and changing virus um, to try and get back to some sense of 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 what we did enjoy, which is exchanging information and networking. So. That's one of the reasons we're going ahead. Yeah, and one of the things that uh, we have that that are, that's great about where we are and where we're having it in Las Vegas is we're we're kind of isolated. We're at the top of a of of Bally's, one of the towers there, and so we can kind of be our own little pod, and we'll have breakfast and and lunch in that same area. So so we kind of get away from uh, the rest of the crowd. So that's going to be nice the way we have it set up and. Um, the way the way it's all keeping us a little bit separate. It's it's unfortunate we have to deal with that, but we do. I mean, the reality yeah, yeah. of life and everything. So, but yeah, and and, and then during the program, we're going to do a lot of networking. We're going to have a lot of discussion about what's happening in the pre-service world. Uh, we're going to start off kind of practice flow wise with what is becoming an increasingly difficult issue with the pre-service side. It's you know, we we saw some uh, information out there that the cost of pre-service to the physician um, has increased exponentially in the last two years, um, while on the flip side, insurance companies have actually cut their costs by pushing more autom- automation out the door. And really, it is a one-sided speed bump. 
and talk a little bit about how you can set up your practice overall to mitigate some of that. Because in the end, you're you're not getting paid more to deal with all these hurdles, um, but it's costing you more. Um, so when you look at those, they, they, those costs for the physician office have nearly doubled um, in the last two years um, with the amount of time you got to spend on getting prior offs and pre-certs and all that stuff, whereas the insurance companies are down to pennies to what they've got as far as the gatekeep side of the equation. And it doesn't even guarantee you're going to get paid, which is crazy. Um, but I can tell you, if you don't do it right, then your AR team ends up working a ton of stuff. So we're going to spend uh, some time focusing on that. We're going to um, do a little bit of a presentation and then spend about um, uh, an hour in an open forum um, with, a, with a group of us um, kind of leading through that with, with the group to see what we can, we can do to figure out what's going on and, and what's the best way to, to attack this moving forward. And then we'll spend a lot of time in coding, which is, of course, um, I think a lot of people enjoy that. We're going to do a lot of scenarios and discussions of different uh, modifier use and the documentation requirements and some of the 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 hurdles we're at we're seeing with the, with the insurance carriers and chart pulls and what they're looking for. Um, then we've got a a couple of guest speakers. We're going to have a discussion at lunch um, on. The, the ASC as it pertains to urology. Um, and then uh, we're bringing in a, a, a doc uh, from, uh, from Wyoming who does a lot of telehealth and has been for several years, even before the pandemic, to talk about telehealth in urology and, and how it's getting used. Um, and then, of course, we're going to go a little bit more in-depth on the Medicare update with uh, everything related to uh, to Medicare in 2022. Um, and then we'll end up with a couple of breakout sessions. One of the things we're going to, well, before we go to breakouts, we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that revenue cycle management, which I think a lot of people focus in on being just collections. Um, from our perspective, um, it really is a, a full cycle. And cycle is the key word in revenue cycle management because it takes front office clinicians and administratives to collect the money that you're due for the services that you perform and trying to get that integrated um, is is I, I think a battle for everybody and 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 doing that in an efficient manner manner is a place where everybody can use some improvement so it'll be fun to go through that um, then we'll have a couple of breakout sessions one uh, with Scott Ray and Dr. John Lynn on uh, how to efficiently use coding today um, and really navigate all the rules and regs that are out there. And then Larry Kemp and I are going to talk a little bit and, and with some help from John about physician compensation trends and uh, the impact of consolidation in urology and how to prep your practice um, for everything that's going on uh, in the world. And then on Saturday, um, we're going to spend the morning with uh, on the coding side, doing a lot of, of urology-specific coding problems. Um, we get a lot of questions. Um, we see a lot of scenarios. We'll throw a bunch of those up and continue to talk about some of those issues. Uh, and and uh, Larry and and, uh, and Mary Ann with us are, are going to um, talk about operational best practices and 
adapting to some of the payer paneling issues and and some of what they're doing um, in addition to uh, some practice sessions to help with your front office staff. Um, then we're, we're going to move on to talking about how to deal with new technology in urology. Um, some of them, you know, are, are great revenue opportunities. Some of them are time savers and cost savers. Um, we'll talk about how to integrate those and, and, and what, what you need to do about as far as building and coding things before their, before their codes get set. And then we'll spend the afternoon um, on evaluation and management coding, um, what we've learned and some of the things that, we're, that we've developed over time to help everybody really spread the word on accurate E&M coding uh, for the new guidelines. And then close up with uh, ICD-10 and, and a little bit of uh, some payer-specific uh, modifier game-playing strategies, if you will. Um, from what we're seeing out there in the marketplace. So I, it's, a, it's a broad spectrum of things to cover. And, and again, the way we always look at this is it is soup to nuts. Um, in the other words, uh, in, in the revenue cycle management world and, and getting everybody on the same page and consistent with what they're doing is a requirement now. And that efficiency side is we, even though we, we may be able to stave off going back to our discussion earlier, some of the decreases out there right now we're considering a win is not a decrease which means even though your costs are going up you're not getting a raise and everybody around the country we're talking to right now is having trouble finding people to to staff their office um, juggling a lot of different things that are out there with pressures um, and those are increased costs and in the end um the delta or the, you know, the net, the take home um, is what you're trying to preserve. And you got to work on it from both sides, the, the top, making sure you're billing for everything you're doing and, and from the cost side, making sure you're staffed correctly. Yeah, and also add, you know, the, the interesting things that we've gotten and some of the feedback with this, with this uh, agenda, there's just so much there and there's so many uh, parts to it and a lot of great information you know it, we always hear it's like drinking from a fire hose you know it's very you know cliche saying but it truly is there's so much information there that you know if you pick up one thing and you can implement that that'll that'll get you uh, at least you know save you enough money for what you paid to get there so that's what everybody says it pays for itself with just one tidbit so and it introduces you and you know, it's kind of like with everything that you learn, you know, you have the, the enlightenment phase where you understand, where you kind of understand what you need to do. Then you have the adoption phase and then you have the mastery phase. And so, you know, all this gets you a lot of enlightenment and gives you the, the path to the uh, adoption of the, the skill or, or, you know, whatever we're, we're teaching. So, so it's always a great thing. And, and then we learn a lot as well with the, the crowdsourcing and everybody sharing their their different inputs because it's you know with a lot of urology practices and a lot of urologists out there it's it's a you're you're kind of on an island and coming to a seminar like this helps you share and learn from others uh, and mark and you mentioned marianne and larry i know they some of them have know who larry is but i doubt if many folks know who marianne is Oh, so yeah. you might want to mention, because I think that's a, a big deal that you're bringing, because we've worked out a lot of best practices over the years, 
And I think you're talking about sharing some of those during the seminar. Yeah, we are. We're, we're talking about uh, Marianne, who is the director of operations for PRS Managed Services. Um, our our outsourced billing uh, group, and which gives us, you know, with with our uh, uh, group of physicians that we partner with um, for billing and collections, um, we see a lot of different payers. We see a lot of things as they roll around the country. And we see a lot of different offices and how they're set up, and and we're able to share some of the things that we've done to adapt to different setups and different skill sets. And and Marianne's going to be down there to do that. And and I forgot to mention that our lunch speaker on ASCs is Chris Setzler, um, who is uh, was with uh, EuroGPO and and uh, a large urology group in. Uh, in Illinois and, and is now specializing in helping urology groups set up ambulatory surgical centers. So we've we've grabbed some good expertise. Um, we've got a good panel of speakers and you know, our attendee list looks really good too. So I think we'll have some great discussions and, and share a lot of knowledge. And, and I, I would say one other thing I'll add is this is all about urology. I mean, we're, we're talking the, the, the other advantage to this forum is this 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 information and, and the exchange is all dedicated to urology and urology uh, of today. Well, now, Mark, everybody knows you're you're knowledgeable and Marianne works for PRS and, and uh, the, the revenue cycle management team and so forth. But that doesn't necessarily make her an expert. Are you guys able to help practices? What What is your track record? Have you got any uh, uh, statistics you can quote about what you do for practices when you take over their billing? Of course, yeah. We we've had a, a, a lot of successes with urology groups, and it's I'll emphasize it's a partnership. Um, you know, the the groups that are willing to work with us. Um, to make things happen, um, improve their top line um, across the board. And we've had some some groups that have have over time, you know, been up as much as twenty five percent to thirty percent, and a couple that are a little, you know, better than that. But that there there were some circumstances that we'd have to add into that. But but in the end, um, making sure you're doing well, and then of course we do offer the coding support and the and a little bit of back-end compliance auditing and things with our with our groups to help them get better because it is a it, I keep dropping that word partnership it is a partnership um, in the overall process and it does require two 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 partners to have a partnership otherwise it's just it's two solo guys pulling in different directions so um, it's a it's it's a it's an interesting process and and it's been uh rewarding and and for for a lot of our groups and for us so the bottom line is if they're they're willing willing to change and and work with you and and provide the services they need to provide in the partnership implement the the protocols and processes why things can be improved Absolutely, I, I think that's with any any practice. But absolutely, we've got the some of the templates and guidance to really 
identify and move more quickly into those changes to get you where you need to go. Okay. Well, we're excited. As you can hear, we got a lot of great things and uh, can't wait to, to see everybody this weekend. All right. With that, uh, final thoughts, Ray. It's going to be fun to see some familiar faces. We've got some uh, that usually attend for years. And as you know, we've been putting on these seminars for how long now, Scott? Uh, 20 years. This is our 20th anniversary. All right. See you in Vegas or New Martin. Orleans. <laughs> Final thoughts, Martin. Well, I, I echo Ray. It'll be it'll be great to see everybody. It's good to get back out and networking. And I've I've done a few of the I've gone to a few of the section meetings and everything. And it's you know it's it's a it's a nice reminder that with all of what's falling down around us, there's still a group of people out there that are that share some common values and common goals. And um, and are willing to share and and help make things better across the board and it's it's just it's it's always a great experience so I'm looking forward to it as well. Okay, with that we'll wrap this episode up. Take us out, Ray. Happy coding. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast where we help urologists and their staff maximize income and efficiencies so there's time and energy for patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music on Spotify under his record label, The Juicery. <laughs>